And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to The Halls of Ivy, starring Ronald and Benita Coleman, and then it's a classic radio comedy drama on the Damon Runyon Theater. And to my right, as always, is the one and only Lisa Wolf, looking very vivacious. Hi, Carl. I'm on your right and your left, whichever way. I'm left, always right, here. back, south, up, I'm, north. I'm all here. Uh, east, west. Right. So, Lisa, what's happening in the world of Hollywood? Well, here's the exciting news of the week. NBC's The Voice gets two new judges to join Blake Sheldon. Carl and Lisa. Wouldn't that be nice? So we have Blake Sheldon and Adam Levine as sort of the anchor two judges, and the other two seem to rotate. Beginning next September, our two new judges are, do you know? Nope. Okay, Miley Cyrus. Oh, it's a different generation, Go just on. saying. Yeah. And Alicia Keys. Okay. Okay, so both have experience on the show. Miley was an advisor this season. I don't know if you've been watching. It's I don't it's watch exciting. The Voice, and Alicia no. Keys was a mentor during a previous season. Right. So we I have a radio show. Do that you? I produce and host. Oh. Have no time. No time for The Voice. No. Well, uh, that's why you have me, Carl. I'll right. fill you in because you I've got just it. loads of time. Yes. Well, you don't cook for your kids. That's for so. sure. So I just watch The Voice. All right. It's a lot of fun. Well, thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Carl. All right. It's time for the conclusion to The Halls of Ivy. We listened to part one last time. Let's go back to January 13, 1954, student editorial starring Ronald and Benita Coleman. Here's The Halls of Ivy. As we rejoin the halls of Ivy, the rather worried Dr. Hall, with a touch of nostalgia, says... You know, Victoria, there are times when I wish I were a carefree undergraduate once more. Oh, stretch out on the couch, Toddy. Put your head in my lap. There. That's good. You know, in those days, I used to wear a yellow slicker covered with funny sayings, such as banana oil. (laughs) And I wore a blazing red felt hat. Known as a whoopee crusher. I drove about in a purple Stutz Bearcat sounding an enormous klaxon horn incessantly. Whatever for? Why, I had to. In order not to be conspicuous. (laughs) (laughs) We were all alike. Ah, what the devil's the matter with Grogan and his campus police? Shouldn't take this long to find Buckley. Oh, relax, Toddy. I'm sure it's not the... It's all right. Don't move, Vicky. I have my foot on it. <sighs> Hello. Speaking. Yes, Grogan, have you found him? Good. Thank you very much. Good night. 
Young Buckley is on his way over. Now, you won't be too severe with him, will you, Toddy? You, you can be terribly intimidating, you know. Inasmuch as Buckley stands six feet four and came out of the war covered with decorations for bravery beyond the call of duty, I don't think you need be unduly concerned for him, Victoria. <laughs> if you must have fears, let them center about me. <laughs> I don't relish this interview at all. If he published a retraction, would that smooth things over? I'm afraid not. Mr. Wellman, the entire board, in fact, will be appeased by nothing short of a human sacrifice. My own feeling is that Buckley, as editor, is privileged to express his view right or wrong, subject only to a reply by the board being given equal space and prominence in the bulletin. Mm. I have very strong feelings about the freedom of the press. That's one of the reasons I love you, Toddy. You have strong feelings about everything. <laughs> Thank you, Vicky. I also have very strong feelings about the freedom of reading. Our press is free to report and interpret, and is also free to distort and suppress. The public is free to read what it will, and is also free to disbelieve and go behind the printed word. Free is a short word that goes a long way. It's one of the most beautiful words in our language. Ever since the Chinese invented movable type half a century before Gutenberg, freedom has been moving forward, in spite of a few bad publishers and stupid readers. A responsible press and an informed public... Uh, excuse me, am I making a speech again? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> The same one you gave to the journalism class last month. So you fixed it up a little. <laughs> What'll you do if Mr. Wellman insists Buckley be expelled? Oh, I'll fight him. Even though the board may take my contract and... And... Tell me, is it very difficult to manipulate an inflated bladder? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Before long, you and I may well find ourselves breaking in a new act in the East End of London. Well, it's not at all difficult. <laughs> Cromwell and Hall, those two funny people. <laughs> uh, tell me, lady, how do you know how do you know how to make a Venetian blind? <laughs> no, how do you make a Venetian blind? You stick your finger in his eye. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I hope your London audience is mellowed by now. <laughs> Tell me, Dr. Hall, when did you first begin to suspect that you had an aptitude for the theater? Oh, I think it was when I first saw you in Give Them Tears in London and returned to see it another 25 times. I'd never before noticed any particular urge in that direction. But it wasn't until our first date that I realized what a talent I had for acting. <laughs> I remember I'd lost my book of traveler's checks that afternoon found myself that evening standing at the stage door, not a penny in my pockets, waiting for the one woman in the world upon whom I wished to make a favorable impression. No, Toddy. The casualness with which I masked my agony convinced me the stage had lost a genius when I embarked upon an academic career. So sorry to have kept you waiting, Mr. Hall. In view of the reward, Miss Crumble. My time was well spent. You... You look very beautiful. Oh, oh, this is for you. Oh, it's lovely. I've always thought a single rose more charming than great big bouquets of them. Really? I'm very glad. I'll wear it in my hair. 
What made you decide to bring me just one? Did you know I preferred it? Uh, no. It seemed like a good idea somehow. Um, may I say its beauty has faded by comparison? Oh, no. And the more ways in which we say it, the happier I'll be. It's foggy tonight, isn't it? Is there a taxi out there? I imagine there must be. I'm absolutely starved. I never eat before a performance, and I'm always ravenous at the final curtain. Where are we going? I, um... Haven't decided yet. Oh, well, we might go to the Wedgley. The food's heavenly. You very hungry? Well, it's funny, but at the moment, I um, I, I seem to have no appetite whatsoever. <laughs> well, I think I could eat for both of us. This fog is extraordinarily thick. Um, where's your taxi parked? Uh, I, I can't see a thing. I, I'm completely lost. Oh, well, your driver's probably not waiting for you anyway. Taxis are at a premium on nights like this. Fortunately, the Wedgley's only round the corner. Do you mind walking? Not at all. In fact, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> You're very quiet. I was thinking. I was thinking that this is like a daydream come true for me. In London, on a sabbatical, walking in the mystery of night and fog, with you on my arm. <laughs> the heady mixture for a professor. What would you be doing if you were back home now? On a Saturday night? Hmm. Oh, I'd find something stimulating to do, I suppose. Drive through the countryside or, or a concert or a squash game at the club. Really? Hmm. On a Saturday night, huh? Oh, I know that doesn't sound like much when I tell it, but uh, when you're living it... Yes? It's, uh, uh, <laughs> then it's even worse. Oh. <laughs> but um, I'll remember an evening like this for the rest of my life. The, the way it's gone these past few minutes, that is. I think I'd best tell you now that I can't take you to the Wedgley nor any place else because I... I haven't any money. What? I misplaced my traveler's checks. The only money I could raise was two shillings. Borrowed it from the doorman at the hotel. And I spent that for, for the rose. I'm terribly sorry. Oh, no. Don't apologize, please. I... How did you get to the theater from your hotel? You're stopping at the Hanover, aren't you? Yes, I walked. All the way? It's the other side of London. Oh, I started around seven. Shall I... Shall I take you back to the theater? No. Professor Hall, may I say that never in my life has anyone walked a dozen miles to see me. And I'm... Very moved. Then, I, then I'm glad I ran part of the way. Oh. <laughs> Do you think you could walk another two miles? Of course. Why? Well, my flat's only two miles away. There's a perfectly delicious steak waiting, and I happen to be the best cook in the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Why, not at all, sir. You've lifted a mountain from my heart. Do you mean you want to see him or don't you? I thought you'd be angry. Why should I be angry? Toddy, Penny wants to know whether or not to show young Buckley in. Buckley? Who's Buckley? Oh, Buckley! Yes, of course! Yes! Oh, yes! Yes. Show him in. Uh, Vicky, darling, will you entertain him while I put on a coat? A certain formality is required, and a dressing oh, gown yes, is Oh, yes, of course, of course. Uh, I'll be down immediately. Mrs. Hall? Yes. Good evening. Mr. Buckley? Yes, Jared Buckley, Corporal United States Army. Retired. 
How do you do? Won't you sit down? Thank you. You've, um, you've never been here before, have you? Yeah, no, ma'am. This is my first visit to the powerhouse. <laughs> the powerhouse? Is that what the students call it? Yes, ma'am. Well, this fire feels good. Winter is really here, isn't it? Saw a whole covey of good humor wagons flying south this afternoon. <laughs> I, uh, I hope this call hasn't inconvenienced you. Mm, that's all right. I was out with a girl. Well, the thought seems to sadden you. She annoys me. In my relationship with her, I'm something like the hands on that clock over there. I have the feeling I'm making time, but at the end of the day, I'm right back where I started. Oh, oh well. Have you any idea why Dr. Hall wants to see me? Well, he'll be down directly to tell you himself, but I, um, I don't think I'm violating a confidence to say it. it has to do with the editorial in today's bulletin. You mean he read it? He knows most of it by heart. A millennium is at hand. Someone has finally read an editorial in an American newspaper. Well, is that so very unusual? Unusual? Mrs. Hall, if I were delegated to guard our atomic bomb secret, I couldn't think of a better way than to print them in bold-faced caps as a newspaper editorial. <laughs> but someone has read an editorial in the bull. <laughs> we must be getting a following. Oh, yes. Yeah. A passionate one. Well, possibly it's deserved. Today's editorial did have a certain style. If you do say so yourself. Oh, I'm not being immodest. I didn't write today's editorial. Uh, what's that? I said I did... Oh, good evening, Dr. Hall. I, uh... You say you didn't write today's editorial? No, sir, it's a reprint. A reprint? Of what? Of an editorial that appeared in the Bull years ago, uh, 40, 50 years ago. Written by a fellow named, um, Wellman. Clarence Wellman. <laughs> no. Yes, sir. Is he any relation to the Wellman on our board of governors? They are one and the same. Uh-uh. I hope you're not angry, sir. Oh, no. No, 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 quite the contrary. I have never been more pleased. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I think you're doing a remarkable job with the, um, uh, the bull. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Sir, you'd be surprised at the comments I've heard. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that's all I wanted to say to you. Thank you for coming so promptly. Uh, Yes, but what... Why, I mean, I I don't understand. Why why did... Well, good night, Mrs. Hall. Good night. Good night, sir. Good night, and thanks again. Don't mention it. Good night. <laughs> it's good to see you laughing again, Sardis. Oh, it feels good too, my darling. Now, will you sit quite still while I make a very pleasant phone call? Oh, you don't mind my snooping. I have neither the mind nor the will to stop you. Come closer. Who are you calling? You'll see. Hello, Mr. Wellman. Yes. This is Dr. Hall. Doctor. I am pursuing this editorial investigation with all possible speed. Promptness is most commendable. Thank you. Uh, You consider the editorial most destructive, don't you, Mr. Wellman? More than that. Student opinion of this nature can destroy forever the authority of this college. And you feel, then, uh, that nothing short of expulsion would be proper punishment for the author? Beyond expelling him, I personally would like to send him to prison. (laughs) I consider the writer unfit for any association with Ivy. I see. Shall I say that to the board in the morning, Mr. Wellman? By all means. Very well. But before I hang up, I feel that you should know that Jared Buckley did not write it. Then who did? You did, Mr. Wellman, in 1907. Good night. Uh... Oh, I feel so good. 
Uh, uh, Vicky. What? Would you like to play a game I just thought of? A game? What game, Donnie? I'm going to blindfold you, hide the telephone, then go down to the drugstore and call you up. When we get this month's telephone bill, my dear, don't show it to me. Just pay it. Pay it cheerfully. Why, won't you want to look it over? Uh, not this one, no. My last call was worth the entire bill. So just send a check, even though the charges may seem exorbitant. <laughs> Any conversation I've had with Mr. Wellman, I am happy to consider a long-distance call. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. We'll be seeing you next week at this time at the Halls of Ivy, starring Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman. The other players were Herbert Butterfield, Roland Morris, and Gloria Gordon. Tonight's script was written by Walter Brown Newman. The music was composed and conducted by Henry Russell. The Halls of Ivy was created by Don Quinn, directed by Nat Wolf, and presented by the Joseph Schlitz Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ken Carpenter speaking. And that's the Halls of Ivy, January 13, 1950, with student editorial starring Ronald and Benita Coleman. They were married in real life. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. This is Hollywood 360. I'm Carl Amari, Lisa Wolf, my co-host. And it's time now, Lisa, for the Damon Runyon Theater. Damon Runyon was a newspaper man and writer, and he was best known for his short stories celebrating the world of Broadway in New York City that grew out of the Prohibition era. He created a little world of characters that live on even today in the classic movies Little Miss Marker and Guys and Dolls. Alan Ladd's Mayfair Productions brought 52 of Runyon's short stories to radio in the early 1950s, and each episode of the Damon Runyon Theater was told through the eyes of a character named Broadway who took the listener inside the world of some of the Big Apple's toughest yet most charming perpetrators. Broadway and the many thugs and touts, dames and palookas he encountered spoke in a thick present tense vernacular of Brooklynese that it was a delight for the listener. And John Brown played Broadway, and you'll hear him here, in this episode of the Damon Runyon Theater from August 22, 1950, this is called Butch Minds the Baby. Here's part one of the Damon Runyon Theater. The Damon Runyon Theater. Once again, the Damon Runyon Theater brings you another story by the master storyteller, Damon Runyon. And this one, Butch Minds the Baby. And to tell it to you, here is Broadway. Thanks. I do not know quite how to begin this story, except to say that I wish I never have anything to do with it. Because being in it takes maybe ten years off of my life. And ten years are just as valuable to me as any other citizen who wishes to live his time out in peace. Nevertheless, I am in it. So is Big Butch and his baby, John Aloysius Ignatius, Jr. In fact, it is the baby that brings me close to Never Neverland. And how that happens, I will tell you in a minute. story gets started. I am sitting in my hotel room one night, planning on spending a quiet evening with a newspaper, when I hear a knock at my door. When I open it, there stand Harry the Horse and Spanish John. 
Now, there is nothing wrong with these two citizens when they are in a good mood. But when they are in a bad mood, there is nothing right with them. From their looks, I can see their mood is opposite from good. Harry the Horse begins the conversation as follows. Uh, Broadway, Spanish John and me are very tired. Very tired, I think. Well, I, I would ask you to sit down and be comfortable, but to tell you the truth, I'm just going out. In fact, my hand is on the knob when I hear your knock. Good night. Inside, Broadway. Yeah, inside. Is there something the matter? With me, perhaps? We are looking for Big Butch. Uh, do you know where he lives? Look, boys, you know me. I do not wish any trouble. Even if I know where Big Butch lives, which I do not. I do there not wish... There is to... nothing wrong, only that we are tired. We want Big Butch for a job in which there is as much as 10,000 fish. 10,000? Yeah. And if Butch hears that you steer him away from such an amount of scratch, it could be he would be mad at you. And he is very large. Yes, he is. Now, do you wish to tell us? You sure there is nothing wrong? Nothing. On West 49th, near 10th Avenue. What is the exact address? Uh, that I do not recall. Then you will take us. But I am planning a quiet evening at home. I am going to catch up on my reading. A minute ago, you say you are going out. Times change. Come on, Broadway. But I... Come on, Broadway. So, there is no other way to it but I take Spanish John and Harry the horse to where Big Butch lives. And I am very nervous, because if Harry and John wish to play rough, then I will get the blame. We get to where Butch lives, and there is Butch sitting on the front stairs, holding a bundle in his arms. I close my eyes, but I open them again when I hear Big Butch say, Well, 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 if it ain't Spanish John and Harry. Hiya, Butch. Hello. Well, come on and sit a while. It's a hot night. Take off your shirts. Be like me. Uh, Butch, we have no time, and we wish to talk a little business deal with you. Business? The right kind of business. Mm -hmm. What is the right kind, boys? I think you will be interested. Mm -hmm. Well, boys, uh, I am not interested in any business. Uh, this is right in your line, Butch. It involves... Cracking a safe. What? You do not tell me Shh, this. Don't yell like that, Broadway. You wake up the baby. Huh? What baby? Mine. You you have got a baby? Yeah, this is John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. He has got four aliases? That is my name, too. Do you find anything wrong with it? No, do it's, it's a fine name. A fine, uh, upstanding name. Uh-huh. Now, uh, what's this that you say about a safe? Oh, look. Uh, there is a character who does not wish to become involved, but he will give us 10,000 fish if we crack a safe and get out some papers which he says are dangerous to his safety. Mm. Uh, I cannot do it. What? But, Butch, there is 10 Gs in this. If it was a million, I cannot do it. But why not? In the first place, I am no longer in that business. I am now a plumber. And in the second place... I have to watch the baby. Butch, look, you cannot pass up these ten Gs. Harry and me will cut you in 50-50. No, it uh, cannot be done. Butch, this is a very soft job. The safe is old-fashioned and you can open it up with a toothpick. You think so? Sure, and five Gs for your split. No, no, I must let it go because I must mind the baby. 
See, my wife's away at the moment. She's playing mahjong. But if Mary comes home, she finds out that I am not minding the baby. She will put the blast on me. Well, that seems to be that. Let us go away from here. Of course, I like to tie a few honest dollars just as well as anybody. But John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. comes first with me. That is your last word on the subject? My last word. Hey, wait! Shh, quiet. I, I just think of something. What? Where can we go to talk? In the flat here. Why? I think I have got a proposition that will work out for everybody. Let's go into your flat. That's part one of the Damon Runyon Theater with Butch Mind. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. This is Hollywood 360, coast to coast on hundreds of radio stations. Lisa Wolf, my co-host here. We've been doing this for uh, how long now? Feels like a long time. Yeah, I would say it's two, right? Too, too long. long. Yeah. Got no, you there. 2009, I think we started this radio show. Yep. Having a good time. We still are... Uh, Doing this together. And relatively friendly. You haven't left me yet. Nor have you. Right. So I appreciate that. Same. Same to you. I'll buy you a birthday and Christmas and um, what? Sweetest day present? I'll take any day. Any present. Any time. I'll Just take it. Just stay my co-host and everything will be fine. Awesome. I'll okay. do it. All right. So I want to remind our listeners we have a website, Hollywood360radio.com. All kinds of fun stuff there, including a podcast. Make sure you check it out. All right. Let's get back to this. The conclusion now of the Damon Runyon Theater. Well, we mosey in the butcher's flat, butch carrying John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. I take a good look at the baby then, and while I am no judge of baby beauty, I can see that this one is no rose geranium, because he looks a great deal like Big Butch himself. Once inside, Butch puts the baby in a crib, and the four of us sit down at a table, and the scene is as follows. Okay. Now you go ahead and talk, John. Well, as I see it, you will not crack the safe for us because you have got to mind the baby. That is the situation in a nutshell. What is your idea, John? Uh, Butch, what time will your wife get home? She is known to play mahjong until all hours. So she will not come home for maybe two, three hours? Oh, no. Okay. We will take the baby with us. Huh? That way you can open the safe and still be minding the baby. John, that is a brilliant thing you say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is wrong, Broadway? You are not figuring on taking the baby with you. Not really. Is there any reason why not? Yeah, why not? Hmm. Hey, this is quite an idea. Indeed. But, but is he not a little young for such goings on? Could he learn any younger? Not much. Is it not dangerous? Nah, this is a pipe. Hey, boys, you got yourself a deal. We'll take him along, but on one condition. What is the condition, Butch? You will cut John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. in for 10%. 10%? Yeah. This is robbery. That's what I keep saying. I mean, Butch is holding us up. Nevertheless, he gets cut in for 10%. The way I look at it, he is part of us. He will make it 3% because of his small size. Uh-uh. Uh, 7%. 4. 6. 5. That sounds good. 5%. Good. You will not regret this, Butch. John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. will have a very nice nest egg. Yeah, now, what kind of safe is this? Oh, it's an easy one. Well, I will have to find my tools. I don't like use them in a plumbing business. In fact... The last time that I see him is when I build the crib for John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. Come on, step on it, Butch. Yeah, yeah, I think I know where the tools are. 
there are other things I've got to take along. Like what? It'll only take a minute. Hey, you take this, Spanish John. Catch it. What? What is this? It is John Aloysius Ignatius Jr.'s mama doll. If he wakes up, he will want the doll. Don't break it, John. It's the only one I got for him. Well, I, I think I will be going. Haven't brought you here. I have no further business. Uh, you will wait a minute, Broadway. Why? It seems to me that you are the only outsider who knows about this little job. I do not like that. I give you my word. In fact, I will do better than that. I will hope never to eat again in Mindy's if I so much as breathe a word. If you do not go along, you will not do so much as breathe. Period. Boys, please. Okay, boys, I'm ready. What are all those things? Well, there's tools and a couple other things I have to take along. You do not need me. You hear us, Broadway? You will go along. Oh, no. All this comes from just answering a knock on my door. <laughs> To this day, I am not able to say why I let myself be talked into going along. Except for the fact that Harry the Horse and Spanish John are citizens with whom one does not argue too much. So it is about a half an hour later that I find myself getting out of a taxi cab near West 18th Street between 7th and 8th Avenues. I am carrying a package which Big Butch gives me when we leave the flat. It is very quiet and dark in the neighborhood. And we stand there a minute until the cab is pulled away. Then the scene is as follows. Hey, Harry, is this the place? No, not yet, Butch. I figure it's better to get out of the camp a little piece away from where we will work. Is it very far? Maybe a block, that is all. Well, I do not like John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. to be out in the night air too much. This is very bad for him. Brings on what is known as the croup. Not to mention what it brings on for me. Stop beefing, Broadway. This is an experience for you. One which I would rather do without. Come on, let us go. Broadway. What? Still got the package I give you? Yeah. What is in that, Butch? Some things that I have to bring along. For to open the safe? No, but they are just as important. Yeah, well, look. I will stand outside and be the lookout. John, you will go into the place with Butch. I will mosey on towards Times Square. You will go inside with Butch and John, Broadway. I know nothing whatsoever about cracking a safe. I will be useless inside. You get this chance to watch an artist at work and you are beefing like there is something bad. Can you name something good about this? Shh. We are almost there. The coast is clear. Not a soul in sight. It is amazing how many people will probably turn up later. Now look, there is a door. All it has on it is an old lock. Uh, you think you can get it open, Butch? Sure. Hey, John, will you please not hold that doll upside down? Makes noises when you do. All right, all right. Yeah, this is the place. Okay, Butch, go to work on the lock on the door. Yeah, yeah. Here, Broadway, you hold John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. Me? I know nothing whatsoever about holding babies. Just keep his head right side up and you will have no trouble. Where is his head? The other end. Keep the blanket over him. I do not wish for him to catch cold because if he does, Mary will put the blast on me. I, I feel like I am going to drop him. Never do that to a baby. It's bad for him. Now, uh, stand back. It, does it uh, look like a tough lock, Butch? <laughs> no, I can open this with a light of spaghetti. <laughs> Hey, John, what do I tell you about holding that doll right? I, I am sorry. Uh, how you coming? Just a couple more seconds. That does it. 
Okay. I-, I will stand out here and watch. You three go inside and get it over with. I know right where the safe is. Hey, Broadway, be careful of John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. His head is still right side up. Well, keep it that way, and then he'll stay asleep. Let us go. There's the safe, Butch. You see it? Yeah, yeah. It looks like an old one. I- is there enough light? Oh, there's enough light from the street. I'll get to work. We'll have to drill several holes around this combination knob. Oh, there's nobody else in this house that much we know, so you, you are all right to use the drill. Okay, all right. Now, boys, you will see Big Butch back at his old train. <laughs> First, uh, what time is it? Oh, it uh, is uh, just going on 11. Why? Because I have got to know the time. Now, I'll go to work. Well, Butch starts to work on the safe, and I wish to say, while I never see a professional safe opener at work before, and never wish to see another, this Butch handles himself like a real artist. That part is all right. It is what happens later that makes me regard this trade as more than somewhat hazardous. And it is something I will tell you about in a minute. I say, Butch goes to work on the safe. Spanish John and I watch him while he works. And meantime, Harry the horse is making regular trips up and past the window. And every now and then he looks in to give us the okay sign. Well, it must be the sound of the drilling that causes it, because it is right in the middle of everything that this happens. Holy mackerel, Butch! Do you not have a quiet or dream? I have news for you, John. That is the baby. Hey, Broadway, what are you doing to John Aloysius Ignatius Jr.? Believe me, I am doing nothing. He has the floor. Get him quiet, Boots. Oh, give up to me, Broadway. Here, you are welcome to him. Boots, do something. He's just like a foghorn. Hey, yeah. You ever hear a pair of lungs like that? This is no time for admiring his wind power. <laughs> there, 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 my idiotlums. There, there. Daddy, daddy is here. The kid does not understand. Understand English? That is Harry tapping on the window pane. See what he wants, Broadway. What do you want, Harry? What happens? Does Butch break a drill? No. Well, it sounds like it. You... Is that the baby? It is the baby. Butch, for the love of Mike, do something. His sleep is broken. That is not all that will be broken. And if you do not like my child, I will take him away and me with him. No, no, I, I, I do not mean anything, Butch. You better put the window down again, Broadway. John Aloysius Ignatius Jr.'s voice is carrying to the battery. <laughs> I think he's hungry. Feed him when you get back home. This is no time for a picnic. It's just feeding time. Hey, Broadway, hand me that drill. Here. He likes to play with it. Now there, honeycombs. He's daddy's drill. Hey. He's your son, all right. Now, what was that crack for? But I mean, I mean, he, 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 he likes the drill. Yeah. Hey, Broadway... Have that package? Well, yeah, here it is, but... What what? now? Butch, what are you doing? Get back at the safe. It's his feeding time. Broadway, here's a pan. Find some water. Fill a pan about half full. Where am I going to find water? I am a stranger here. There's a sink over there. Go ahead. Butch, we have not got the time. I should let John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. go hungry. Can he wait? Broadway, be careful of that pan. 
easy to see, Spanish John, that you do not know much about babies. I find out all I want to know about them tonight. Here's the water, Butch. Yeah, good. Now, we will have to heat it. Heat it? I do not wish to hunt for a stove. I have some canned heat with me. I foresee this emergency. I'll not take a minute to heat the water. And uh, then we will put the bottle in it to heat the milk. There's Harry again. See what he wants, Broadway. I'm getting to know this place too well. What is going on? I see a match light up. Are you pointing the place down? Butch is heating the baby's milk. It is feeding time. What? Maybe we should bring along hot pastrami. He will not work until the baby is fed. Look, there is cops do passed on their beat in a very short while. Cops? You do not tell me this. I do not think the need will arise. Hurry him up, Broadway. Butch, Harry says you should hurry. The milk has got to be the right temperature. If it is wrong, it will be bad for John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. Can't you just call him Jr.? It takes time to say all those names. Hmm. Now, uh, let me see. Hmm? Hold out your arm, John. Roll up your sleeve. What for? Just do what I say. Oh, okay, okay. If yeah. you, you get back to work, I roll up my pants and go waiting. Here. Now, see how this feels. Hey, you're splashing me with milk. Is it hot? No, no, just warm. Well, then it's just right. Now, here you are. Here uh, you see, he was hungry. Okay, <laughs> now, now get back to that safe. Here. Yeah. Harry thinks he's a woodpecker. Look, we gotta get out of here in a couple minutes or we cook. See what he wants. All I'm getting tonight is exercise I do not care for. What now? I just see the cops on the beat turning the next street. They ought to be up this way in a few minutes. Can you hold them off? Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'll tell them we're cracking a safe and to come around later. What's going on in there? John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. has got his bottle. Five percent cut he gets for eating on our time. Tell him to get moving or we'll all spend a lot of time on taxpayers' money. Butch. John, the cops on the beat are on the next street. you got to get going. Butch, you hear that? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Where is my drill? John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. has got it in one hand. And a bottle in the other. Oh, <laughs> baby can, baby can. Doesn't want to give daddy the drill. Now, come on, honeykins. Come on, let go of me. No, no, What's no, the matter with him? No. He likes the drill. But use another one. This is the only one I got. Just like a plumber, he brings only one drill. Hey, what's the matter? You don't like the way I'm doing this, John. Oh, I love it. But get the drill away from that... That, that, that what? That uh, lovely baby. Get it away from him. Ain't no use. John Aloysius Ignatius Jr., he wants the drill. <laughs> he holds tight to it. <laughs> Just feel that grip. Hey, Johnny Broadway. So hey. he's a very strong baby. I wonder how many years they can give a kid for cracking a safe. Ten thousand fish waiting for us and the kid crabs the egg. Butch. What else can you do? Well, I'll uh, tell you what. I um, got some soup in my kit. You, you're going to blow the safe? It's the only way I know. Then go ahead, but do it fast. Yeah, sure. Oh, no, those cops, they'll hear it. Oh, no, no, not the way I blow the safe. Why, won't make no more noise than uh, snap of the fingers. <laughs> Well, I am standing there in a cold perspiration while Butch gets out the stuff for blowing the safe. Meanwhile, John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. is very happy with the bottle and the drill. To him, it makes no difference if a couple of cops are on their way. 
Then Butch finishes what he's doing, and the scene is as follows. Okay, I got everything fixed. Broadway, you got John Aloysius Ignatius Jr.? I got him. Okay, okay, we will all go into the next room until the safe blows. Butch, you are sure this is going to make no noise? Oh, like I say, I used just enough soup to knock off the knob. It'll be like like snapping your fingers. Like this? Maybe not that much. Okay, you, you two go in the other room. I will light the fuse. Go on. I wish I am very far away. If this goes off like I think, you will be very far away, but not under your own power. You all set? Okay, we are ready. Then here goes. It'll be a couple of seconds. Butch, are you sure that... Oh, don't worry. I know my business. Maybe the fuse goes out. It is a long time since you light it. Just a couple of seconds. I hope those cops are hard of hearing because... That is the biggest finger snap I ever hear. Hey, John, grab the stuff that you want and let's get out of here. Come on. (laughs) You have to yell and wake up the baby. (laughs) Who tosses the bomb at us? I just do. Holy Hey, here, take this off. This is what we want. I gotta go now. Listen, you stick with Butch. John and me will cut out the side and you two out the back. Go on. I know it, I know it. We are trapped. Take it easy, Broadway. We, we will walk up the street just like nothing happened. Nothing? Does it take an earthquake to make you think something happened? Hey, look, cops. Shh, baby. Kish. All I want to do tonight is spend a quiet evening. He means us? Yeah, I think he does. Okay, so we stop. Shh, baby. Shh. Ah, you two. What are you doing here? Sergeant, I looked at the window back there. The safe's been blown. Aha. Uh-huh. And you two? I give you my word. I... The safe is blown, eh? Now, who does a thing like that? Oh, what have you got there? Oh, this, this, uh, it's a baby. Oh. Whose? It's mine. <laughs> Name is John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. Hey. Oh, what are you two doing here? Murphy, hold it. Now, why was the baby crying? Well, now, I think that it is a touch of colic. In fact, I think so much that it is colic that I get Dr. Schmidt here out of bed. Oh, uh, this, that's Dr. Schmidt. Oh, oh, how are you, doctor? Who, me? Uh, look, Sergeant Cassidy, we, we'd better be getting Murphy, along now. take yourself a run down to the box and put in the call. Go on, a step on it. <laughs> uh, he'll never make a good cop. Thinking a man with a baby and a doctor would blow a safe. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's have a look at the baby. You yeah, sure. Yeah. Looks like it's teeth to me. Yeah? What do you say, doctor? Uh, I do not have much to say. You're a doctor. I, I, I have no chance to examine the baby. We, we are going to my office when, when we are stopped. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Mm. I still say it looks like teeth. And you say it's colic, eh, Dr. Schmidt? Doctor, I'm talking to you. Huh? Oh, oh I, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. it, 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 it could, could be more serious. I, I, I am going to take x-rays. Uh, uh. Oh, we'll run along now. Get that baby in out of the night air. Good night to you both. Good night. Yeah, good night. Is it all right to run now? You know, it could be his teeth at that. Well, so ends that evening, which I am not too fond. In fact, it lays me up for several days. And it is not until almost a week later that I am able to leave my hotel room with any comfort at all. And it is not until I am sitting in Mindy's one night that I hear the payoff, which I will tell you in a minute. Well, like I am saying, I am sitting in Mindy's one night, 
partaken of the first solid food I am able to eat in days, when I look up and see Big Butch heading for my table. I make a move to escape, but he sees me, and the scene is as follows. Hey, Broadway, <laughs> glad I find you. Why? Because I am looking for you. Where is John Aloysius Ignatius, Jr.? Well, he's home. Why? Well, I am thinking that maybe you bring him along. What? Bring him into a place like this? Excuse me, but I only figured that little John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. is pretty grown up. Well, now, the fact is that it is about John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. that I wish to talk. What is the matter with him? Well, I am worried. I am certainly worried, Broadway. Now he worries. What about? Well, you remember the night that we do that job for Harry and Spanish John? I am not likely to forget it even if I live on and on. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, now, I think that I am wrong in taking him along that night. Oh, you are, huh? Yeah. I read a book on infant psychology, see? Says something about the way that the twig is bent so something else will grow. I forget what. So? Well, it so happens that John Aloysius Ignatius Jr. will not go to sleep anymore. He'll not go to sleep until I put a drill in his little hands. <laughs> And so ends the famous Damon Runyon story, Butch Minds the Baby. Listen in again next week for... The Damon Runyon Theater. The Damon Runyon Theater with John Brown as Broadway is directed by Richard Sandville and the stories adapted for radio by Russell Hughes. This is a Mayfair production. And that's the Damon Runyon Theater from August 22, 1950, with Butch Minds the Baby, starring John Brown. Also in the cast, you recognize the very familiar voice of Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard was in that uh, program. Frank Gallup doing the announcing, as heard on Mutual. And you know what? Alan Ladd, Lisa, was the uh, the the, uh, the real force behind the series. Alan Ladd, who was a movie star, of course, and writer and producer, created this radio series along with the series that he starred in, Box 13. They were Mayfair Productions. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you want to win a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter, if you own a cat, you'd want to have a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter for sure. Lisa, what do our listeners have to do? Yeah, if you own a cat or you know someone that owns a cat, I'm sure a year's supply of the best kitty litter on the market would be perfect. So I, uh, I just said that. Yeah, I said it better. Yeah. So send in a picture of you and your cat with your name, your cat's name, and your city and state, and send it to Cat's Pride Photo at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to hear stories and see pictures of, of your cat. Mike will post these pictures at some point, and then at the end of the month, at the end of each month, Dan Jaffe, CEO of Cat's Pride, will be here to choose one lucky winner. So it could be you. Right. Not bad. Thanks, Carl. Pretty, pretty. I saw your mouth moving you know while what? I was talking. You, you don't even have notes on this, and it's all off the top of your head. Not bad. How do you like that? Yeah, very, very good, Lisa. All right, let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour of Hollywood 360, it's Escape. And the life of Riley. Don't miss that. Lisa, you're going to be back for that? Uh, I'll stick around for a little while. We'll see you then.